Well, 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 people. Welcome back to Discuss Dough with your host, David Carlett, the investment slash finance guru. Today's Friday, November 2nd. Today, we're going to talk about how to use whole life, a.k.a. cash value life insurance within your investment portfolio or uh, to complement your strategy. First off, let's be clear. You know, there's a lot of criticism out there, a lot of buzzing in the industry and well, not in the industry. I'd like to say more of it outside of the industry around, you know, whole life and, you know, the naysayers and the critics of whole life. So, you know, whole life has pros and cons and it's up to you and your financial advisor to figure out how to use it productively. Whole life is not an alternative or a substitute to investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc. A lot of critics of whole life, they criticize this solution because they compare the performance of a whole life cash value policy to the performance of, let's say, some stock market index or some unrelated benchmark. Or they compare it to the price of term insurance, which is obviously a totally different product, right? Whole life and term are two different products. The only thing they have in common is there is a death benefit if someone passes away and you pay a premium, Right. That's the only thing they have in common. Outside of that, these are two totally different tools. So today we're going to talk about how to use whole life within your investment portfolio. Whole life is a tool that should be uh, used for several reasons. One, it's a great tool for uh, to create tax free liquidity. It's a great estate planning tool. So if you have parents out there and maybe there's things to be passed along, but maybe you want to avoid some sort of tax burden or maybe there's a lot of real estate and property heavy, heavy portfolios and you're trying to figure out how to leave things behind. Uh, whole life uh, insurance is a great tool to create some sort of liquidity tax free at death. Right. So in estate planning, there's tons of strategies there uh, you can get into. Whole life is a great way to lower your overall tax exposure, right? The cash value allows you to take from the policy in several different scenarios without having to pay tax, whether by loan or just outright withdrawal without having to repay, right? Uh, Another great use for whole life insurance within your portfolio. Again, it's not replacing anything. It's it's, It's within the portfolio. So, for example, we're in a, an, a rate environment today where interest rates are going to start going up. As we all know, when interest rates rise, the value of bonds start to decline. So the guaranteed rate that, uh, you know, some, let's say like a Northwestern Mutual, for example, whole life policy provides dividends with a guaranteed, you know, I like to say 4.9 rate of return. Right. So that that dividend return rate may serve to actually replace the bond sleeve in your portfolio. Because here you have 4.9% interest without risk. It's not tied to any market, right? So this, you know, this is probably the safest, you know, way to get some dividend income, I would say, in a rising rate environment. So let's say you have an, an investment portfolio made up of some cash, some stocks, and some bonds. Maybe you look at how do I get some some of the, the bond volatility out of my portfolio and replace that income that the bond provides you. Whole life is an alternative or an option, right? So again, but again, it's a strategy. So you probably want to, it's not a blanket or paintbrush approach that you can use and say all whole life is better than all bonds, but you use it 
within that bond sleeve as some sort of option, right? Ah, the other benefit to whole life, providing the guaranteed death benefit. A term policy is a temporary policy, right? So if you get a 20-year term policy, after year 20, all those premiums you paid went to nothing, right? If you're still alive, the policy is over, it's closed, and, you know, that's it. And I'd say maybe over 90% of term policies expire without the insured party dying, right? So that means all those monthly premiums were paid and they evaporate. Now, that's not a knock on term insurance, right? It's for a specific reason, right? Term exists for certain scenarios and whole life exists for certain scenarios. There's no such thing as a bad product. Uh, or obviously the SEC or FINRA and all these governing bodies would try to try their best to their best to get rid of these products. I'd say there's more there's more so bad uses of products than I'd say there are bad products. All these products have a goal or a, a need that it serves or gaps they fill. All right. So again, guaranteed death benefit. Whole life means it protects your whole life. Whenever you die, there will be money there as long as you pay the premium. So if the goal isn't just a temporary protection and the goal is definitely to leave something behind whenever you die, then whole life insurance serves that need. Right. Term insurance is a great way to protect a term. Right. Or against temporary conditions. So, for example, I want to make sure while my kids are young or until my kids are 18 years old, you know, if something was to happen to me, they're covered. Right. So some people may only need that coverage for the first 20 years, usually when people are first married. Or when kids are first born, you know, they get a term policy if, you know, it's an inexpensive way uh, relative to whole life to get coverage. Right. You know, you can have your college tuition covered, mortgage payments. You know, maybe you first bought a property, you know, you include your mortgage, your mortgage in there and uh, some other temporary things that will not always be around. So you get a term policy if that's all you can afford. Right. So those are temporary conditions. Or you want to lock in some sort of medical insurability, right? So let's say you're 30 years old, you're not making a ton of money, but uh, you understand, you know, well, maybe you have a young family and you say, hey, I'm going to get I'm going to get some insurance. Uh, right. You take your medical exam at 30 years old. You're probably a lot healthier at 30 than at 40. Right. So you take your medical at 30. That locks you in. So at 40 years of age, when you finally see, you know, increased income at work or your family is expanding and you're a little more secure and you want more insurance, you don't have to take another medical and and pay premiums at the rate of a 40 year old. Right. You can convert that term policy to a whole life policy. There's other again, other specific things you can do that speaks to your specific circumstance. So this is why you sit with a financial advisor not just to buy products, but to employ strategies and plan. That's the benefit of a person, a financial advisor. Anyone can go online and buy insurance, right? Uh, common uses of whole life, right? So, and we this 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 podcast. I wanted to say this episode is about linking whole life to your investment strategy. Again, it's not a replacement to investing. No one will fully invest in the whole life. And think that's better than investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. That's silly talk, right? But again, great use for whole life to complement your investment strategy. So, for example, during market volatility or declines in the market, let's say you needed access to capital. 
You might be better served using the cash value in your whole life policy to draw funds, let's say, to pay some college tuition again or something like that. Maybe you want to buy a car and you have, uh, you know, some some cash sitting in your whole life policy. Maybe it's a better play to use the cash from a whole life policy than to pull from a portfolio that's declined in market volatility, in, you know, periods of market volatility, right? Or some sort of depressed portfolio where you'd actually benefit from leaving those assets put and letting them ride back up, right? Or if anything, doubling down, buy some more assets when the prices are low. So this way, during the rebound, you earn more, you know, you, you, you earn more uh, appreciation. For example, in 2008, the stock market was down nearly 40%. Withdrawing funds in 2008 after such a de- decline would have left you on the sidelines in 2009 when the stock market rebounded up about almost, you know, around 20%, right? So that's why you don't pull from a from a down in in a down market. You don't pull from your investment portfolio in a down market. Maybe you pull from the cash value in your whole life, right? In a great market, you pull from your investments, your investment portfolio, and leave the whole life and let it grow in cash. Again, it's all about strategies and planning. There's no such thing as bad and great products, or bad and good, right? There will come a time where the cash value. And these are some crucial points about you know whole life cash value life insurance there will come a time where the cash value every year will increase by more than the premiums or the cash you're putting into the policy then there will come a time where the total cash value in the account is greater than the cumulative amount you've paid into the account right in essence basically the policy is paid for itself it's almost a free policy right and again i'm using these terms as in uh jargon you know, n- informal jargon when I say paid for itself, right? Uh, you know, I don't know. Legal guys are always going to say, oh, technically you can't say this. Technically you can't say that. But I'm using common sense here, right? So there will come a time where there will be more in cash than than you've put into the policy. So, you know, and in a term policy, this will never happen. In other words, term is great after you die because then, Someone gets a, a lump sum that you've paid relatively a low amount in premiums for. Whole life is great while you're alive. All right. Term is great after you die. Whole life is great while you're alive and while and after you die. Right. But again, estate planning, it's a great place to, to look at whole life. Right. And legacy building and, you know, you know, or real estate or, you know. Fixed asset heavy families. Maybe you want to create some liquidity where you can draw from some cash without tax hits or without having to sell a building or property. Whole life is useful for that. Uh, You know, after you pass, you know, whole life again. Estate planning is a great tool, in my opinion. And it lowers your overall tax exposure while you're alive. So to be clear, we need term insurance. We need whole life cash value insurance. We also need to invest in stock bonds and mutual funds. Your financial advisor will help you decide how to balance it all and how much to allocate to each. Right. So today, that's the message I want to get to you. You know, there's a lot of buzz on whole life is too expensive or it's it's more expensive than term. Yes. 
term insurance is cheaper because it covers a specific term to which over 90% of the people pass without ever having to pay it out. So, yeah, you get what you pay for. Term is cheaper. It's a little limited. Whole life is much more expensive, but it's a totally different product for a different thing. You can't compare the price of sneakers to the price of a car. Just two different prices, right? Two different, two different uh, items. So I hope that clears up some things. And if there's questions, you can always email me. People know me. You can always call me. DavidCarla.nm.com. Good way to reach me. MoneyTalkWorkshops.com. Great way to uh, reach me and see what I'm working on. And you can email me at David at MoneyTalkWorkshops.com. Well, 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 people. Welcome back to Discuss Dough with your host, David Carla, the investment slash finance guru. Today's Friday, November 2nd. Today, we're going to talk about how to use whole life, a.k.a. cash value life insurance within your investment portfolio or uh, to complement your strategy. First off, let's be clear. You know, there's a lot of criticism out there, a lot of buzzing in the industry and well, not in the industry. I'd like to say more of it outside of the industry around, you know, whole life and, you know, the naysayers and the critics of whole life. So, you know, whole life has pros and cons and it's up to you and your financial advisor to figure out how to use it productively. Whole life is not an alternative or a substitute to investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc. A lot of critics of whole life, they criticize this solution because they compare the performance of a whole life cash value policy to the performance of, let's say, some stock market index or some unrelated benchmark. Or they compare it to the price of term insurance, which is obviously a totally different product, right? Whole life and term are two different products. The only thing they have in common is There is a death benefit if someone passes away and you pay a premium, right? That's the only thing they have in common. Outside of that, these are two totally different tools. So today we're going to talk about how to use whole life within your investment portfolio. Whole life is a tool that should be uh, used for several reasons. One, it's a great tool for uh, to create tax free liquidity. It's a great estate planning tool. So if you have parents out there and maybe there's things to be passed along, but maybe you want to avoid some sort of tax burden or maybe there's a lot of real estate and property heavy, heavy portfolios and you're trying to figure out how to leave things behind. uh, Whole life uh, insurance is a great tool to create some sort of liquidity tax free at death. Right. So in estate planning, there's tons of strategies there uh, you can get into. Whole life is a great way to lower your overall tax exposure, right? The cash value allows you to take from the policy in several different scenarios without having to pay tax, whether by loan or just outright withdrawal without having to repay, right? Uh, Another great use for whole life insurance within your portfolio. Again, it's not replacing anything. It's it's, It's within the portfolio. So, for example, we're in a, an, a rate environment today where interest rates are going to start going up. As we all know, when interest rates rise, the value of bonds start to decline. So the guaranteed rate that, uh, 
you know, some, let's say like a Northwestern Mutual, for example, whole life policy provides dividends with a guaranteed, you know, I like to say 4.9 rate of return, right? So that that dividend return rate may serve to actually replace the bond sleeve in your portfolio. Because here you have 4.9% interest without risk. It's not tied to any market, right? So this, you know, this is probably the safest, you know, way to get some dividend income, I would say, in a rising rate environment. So let's say you have a an, an investment portfolio made up of some cash, some stocks, and some bonds. Maybe you look at how do I get some some of the, the bond volatility out of my portfolio and replace that income that the bond provides you. Whole life is an alternative or an option, right? So again, but again, it's a strategy. So you probably want to, it's not a blanket or paintbrush approach that you can use and say all whole life is better than all bonds, but you use it within that bond sleeve as some sort of option, right? Ah, the other benefit to whole life Providing the guaranteed death benefit. A term policy is a temporary policy, right? So if you get a 20-year term policy, after year 20, all those premiums you paid went to nothing, right? If you're still alive, the policy is over, it's closed, and, you know, that's it. And I'd say maybe over 90% of term policies expire without the insured party dying, right? So that means all those monthly premiums were paid. And they evaporate. Now, that's not a knock on term insurance, right? It's for a specific reason, right? Term exists for certain scenarios and whole life exists for certain scenarios. There's no such thing as a bad product uh, or obviously the SEC or FINRA and all these governing bodies would try to try their best to their best to get rid of these products. I'd say there's more there's more so bad uses of products, then I'd say there are bad products. All these products have a goal or a need that it serves or gaps they fill. All right. So again, guaranteed death benefit. Whole life means it protects your whole life. Whenever you die, there will be money there as long as you pay the premium. So if the goal isn't just a temporary protection and the goal is definitely to leave something behind whenever you die, then whole life insurance serves that need. Right. Term insurance is a great way to protect a term. Right. Or against temporary conditions. So, for example, I want to make sure while my kids are young or until my kids are 18 years old, you know, if something was to happen to me, they're covered. Right. So some people may only need that coverage for the first 20 years, usually when people are first married or when kids are first born, you know, they get a term policy. If you know, it's an inexpensive way uh, relative to whole life to get coverage. Right. You know, you can have your college tuition covered, mortgage payments. You know, maybe you first bought a property. You know, you include your mortgage, your mortgage in there and uh, some other temporary things that will not always be around. So you get a term policy if that's all you can afford. Right. So those are temporary conditions or you want to lock in some sort of medical insurability. Right. So let's say you're 30 years old. You're not making a ton of money, but uh, you understand, you know, well, maybe you have a young family and you say, hey. I'm going to get I'm going to get some insurance. Uh, right. You take your medical exam at 30 years old. You're probably a lot healthier at 30 than at 40. Right. So you take your medical at 30. That locks you in. So at 40 years of age, when you finally see, you know, increased income at work or your family is expanding and you're a little more secure and you want more insurance, you don't have to take another medical 
and and pay premiums at the rate of a 40-year-old, right? You can convert that term policy to a whole life policy. There's other, again, other specific things you can do that speaks to your specific circumstance. So this is why you sit with a financial advisor, not just to buy products, but to employ strategies and plan. That's the benefit of a person, a financial advisor. Anyone can go online and buy insurance, right? Uh, common uses of whole life, right? So, and we this 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 podcast. I wanted to say this episode is about linking whole life to your investment strategy. Again, it's not a replacement to investing. No one will fully invest in the whole life and think that's better than investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. That's silly talk, right? But again, great use for whole life to complement your investment strategy. So, for example, during market volatility or declines in the market. Let's say you needed access to capital. You might be better served using the cash value in your whole life policy to draw funds, let's say, to pay some college tuition again or something like that. Maybe you want to buy a car. You have, uh, you know, some some cash sitting in your whole life policy. Maybe it's a better play to use the cash from a whole life policy than to pull from a portfolio that's declined in market in, you know, periods of market volatility. Right. Or some sort of depressed portfolio where you'd actually benefit from leaving those assets put and letting them ride back up, right? Or if anything, doubling down, buy some more assets when the prices are low. So this way, during the rebound, you earn more, you know, you, you, you earn more uh, appreciation. For example, in 2008, the stock market was down nearly 40 percent, withdrawing funds in 2008 after such a de- decline would have left you on the sidelines in 2009 when the stock market rebounded up about almost, you know, around 20%, right? So that's why you don't pull from a, from a down, in, in a down market, you don't pull from your investment portfolio. In a down market, maybe you pull from the cash value in your whole life, right? In a great market, you pull from your investments, your investment portfolio and leave the whole life and let it grow in cash. Again, it's all about strategies and planning. There's no such thing as bad and great products or bad and good, right? There will come a time where the cash value, and these are some crucial points about you know whole life cash value life insurance. There will come a time where the cash value every year will increase by more than the premiums or the cash you're putting into the policy. Then there will come a time where the total cash value in the account is greater than the cumulative amount you've paid into the account, right? In essence, basically, the policy is paid for itself. It's almost a free policy, right? And again, I'm using these terms as in uh, jargon, you know, informal jargon when I say paid for itself, right? Uh, You know, I don't know. Legal guys are always going to say, oh, technically, you can't say this. Technically, you can't say that. But I'm using common sense here, right? So there will come a time where there will be more in cash than than you've put into the policy. So, you know, and in a term policy, this will never happen. In other words, term is great after you die, because then someone gets a, a lump sum that you've paid relatively a low amount in premiums for. Whole life is great while you're alive. All right. Term is great after you die. Whole life is great while you're alive and while and after you die. Right. But again, estate planning, it's a great place to to look at whole life. Right. And legacy building and, you know, you know, or real estate or, you know, 
fixed asset heavy families. Maybe you want to create some liquidity where you can draw from some cash without tax hits or without having to sell a building or property. Whole life is useful for that. Uh, You know, after you pass, you know, whole life again. Estate planning is a great tool, in my opinion. Right. And it lowers your overall tax exposure while you're alive. So to be clear, we need term insurance. We need whole life cash value insurance. We also need to invest in stock bonds and mutual funds. Your financial advisor will help you decide how to balance it all and how much to allocate to each. Right. So today, that's the message I want to get to you. You know, there's a lot of buzz on whole life is too expensive or it's it's more expensive than term. Yes. Term insurance is cheaper because it covers a specific term to which over 90 percent of the people pass without ever having to pay it out. So, yeah, you get what you pay for. Term is cheaper. It's a little limited. Whole life is much more expensive, but it's a totally different product for a different thing. You can't compare compare the price of sneakers to the price of a car. Just two different prices, right? Two different, two different uh, items. So, I hope that clears up some things. And if there's questions, you can always email me. People know me. You can always call me. DavidCarla.nm.com. Good way to reach me. MoneyTalkWorkshops.com. Great way to uh, reach me and see what I'm working on. And you can email me at david at moneytalkworkshops.com.